0: On today's episode of the Just Jazz podcast, we will be breaking down the success the Jazz have had on the road recently, On currently on a 10-game road win streak, what we like about the Jazz, what we don't, high note, low note of the week, uh, the Salt Lake Spotlight, spotlighting a, a player of the team, uh, cue next, and as always, our buzzer-beaten hot takes. All right, Max, here we go. Left-hand dribble, hands off to Memo, for money, yes! Cash it, in the bank!
1: Runs it to Burks, catch and shoot three, no. Rebound, oh my! I gotta see that over and over again, it's played by who? Mitchell. This is Just Jazz, your weekly podcast for Utah Jazz game analysis, news, rumors, predictions, undying love, and more. We're your hosts, Zach and Max, back at it again. Um, really excited to uh, talk some Utah Jazz basketball this week. Um, Zach is is in Utah. I'm here in Sacramento. We're, we're making things work, and I'm a little jealous that Zach's a little closer to to He gets to see the Jazz more often than I do now. Um, but Zach, as as far as the Utah Jazz, go, you know, last week was a pretty good week, would you say?
0: Yeah, uh, just want to tell the the listeners um, out my bedroom window, which I'm looking right now, I can see the north east corner of the stadium, which is where the J note is for for you fans that that know the Viv. So. We are a little bit closer than Max. Um, I'm about two blocks away from uh, from Vivint Arena now. But yeah, Max, I mean it's it's a really great time to be a jazz fan. There's there's a lot going on. Um, I want to start off. My high note of the week is we freaking beat the Nuggets without us without a center
1: like that was incredible that that was incredible especially holding Jokic I mean he's saw a triple double but he didn't yes. I saw so many people saying he was gonna like drop 100 points and you know pop off and we kind of contained him yeah
0: I really like
1: that what about you what's your high note I think my high note was seeing bogey go off um I don't know I'm a I've seen his name thrown around a lot lately. A lot of people want to trade him for some reason. I am so anti-trading bogey. I think that he is such a great asset to our team. And I think we just failed to utilize him the proper way. And last night, we finally got to use him and see like what he's able to do, what he's capable of unleashing when we put the ball in his hands and trust him. Like He scored, what, was it 38 points? I think it was. And he only had one three-pointer. I think 36. Um, Oh, 36 points. Yeah, you're right. 36 points, but he shot 12 of 20, um, and that was only one three-pointer made. So I really like Bogey, and I'm glad that uh, he had that game. I really hope that we start giving the ball more, especially later in the game. We never give him the ball late in the game, final minutes. I'd like to see the ball in his hands more often.
0: Yeah, it was really a game for Bogey that we don't see often, you know. When Bogey goes for 30, he has six threes or seven threes. And this was, you know, bogey take him down on the low post or bogey get to the free throw line. And so it's really nice to see that even though, um, you know, Rudy Gobert and, and Whiteside were out, we were able to, to win this game. And, you know, bogey had 13, 14 rebounds as well. And I think that was a big thing with the win last night. And as I was listening to the radio uh, today, they had Tony Jones on and he said that he said last night was a win. Where you can point at every player and say, this is the impact that you made. And normally as jazz fans, we don't see that. You know, we'll see um one or two guys that that have a huge impact. You know, Don will go for 30, um, Rudy goes for 2020, uh, you know, and you'll have four or five guys that make big plays, but you can't handle a single play and be like, hey, this is where um you change the game. And for each one of those guys, it was
1: it was like that. Yeah, I agree. It was an exciting game. It's good to always see us put away the Nuggets and not have uh, Rivers drop 30, 40 points on us. I guess I shouldn't say 40, but around 30 points. Seems like he, he's a certified Jazz killer. Um, but yeah, those are those are some good high notes for sure. Um, so the Jazz... What's their win streak right now at home? At home? Or, no, all way, sorry. 11. On the road, it's a 10-game. 10 10-game 10 win streak on the road. Uh, the Jazz have been performing really well. Um, last night, they continued the the road wins. Um, let's let's go talk about the Golden State game first um, on Saturday. What did you think about that Golden State game, Zach? I mean – First of the year, New Year's Day.
0: Yeah, it was, you know, that was a really tough game for me to watch. And I, I told Max that. I didn't turn it on. Um, I didn't turn it on until the fourth quarter. Utah football lost the a heartbreak at the Rose Bowl. I was, at the, I was at the Rose Bowl. So, you know, I really – and I texted Max. I said, Max, I just don't have it in me. Like, I can't, I can't do this. And then ended up turning it on. Um, You know, we competed with them. And, you know, our starting backcourt, Don was 4 of 19. Mike was 4 of 13. Joe was 1 of 7. Like, we played an eight-man rotation and, you know, did pretty well against the number one seed. And, you know, Steph did what Steph does, 6 of 12 from 3, 28 points, Wiggins was incredible, 25 points. Otto Porter was incredible, 20 points. You know, I think what this showed is we can compete. I know they didn't have Draymond. I know they're missing some key players. But, you know, our key players didn't show up. Don was 20%, 25% in the game. And so it shows that we can compete with these guys. And I think, you know, in that Tony Jones on the radio today, he, he talked about that. And they talked about the, the best teams in the league. And he said, where did the jazz stack up in a playoff series with um, golden state, Phoenix, uh, the Lakers, Milwaukee, Miami, Brooklyn. And Tony said, he said, I picked the jazz to, to beat Miami and to beat the Lakers in seven. And then he said all the other games we would lose in game seven. He said we can – and that's all you can ask for. For for a franchise like the Jazz, you can just ask for a game seven because in game seven anything can happen. And the fact that we have guys that are saying, hey, you know, if they can get to a game seven against these guys, that's huge for us.
1: Oh, yeah. And just looking back on the Golden State Warriors game from my perspective, I think, you know, the Jazz have the best offense in the league. Um, but what I prefer about the Warriors offense over our uh, offense is in the game, they have 39 assists and we had 19. Their ball movement is insane. Like Steph Curry doesn't need, like when the ball goes to Donovan Mitchell, it can get stuck there, you know, like Jordan Clark's, the ball can get stuck there. We do have some, some good ball movement at times, but the Warriors are for some reason able to move the ball consistently the entire game. And they just have, guys that can fire on all cylinders, like no matter who gets the ball, something, you know, can happen. A shot can be made from whatever spot in the court. And that's what I am really impressed with. And I think sets the Warriors apart from the Jazz. Um, we did put up a good fight and it was close, but, you know, despite the loss, I, I was really impressed. And like you said, we our guys weren't hitting our, our go-to guys had an off night and they shot you know 53% from 3 and 53% overall from the field goal, um from the field and you know we shot 31 from 3 and 43 from the field so you know and they were missing their, their I wouldn't even say it was like their defense was spectacular they were missing drain ball they're missing the main part of their their defense and I I think that we just had an off night they're a, they're a heck of a team and they probably did put some defensive pressure, but I'm looking forward to the next matchup and I'm really looking forward to when they have uh, Wiseman and uh, Clay Thompson as well as Draymond back.
0: Yeah. I, you know, I think that, I think the Warriors are the biggest threat in the West, honestly, you know, you can't, as long as the big threes together, that's, that's the favorite. And, you know, one thing that's very interesting, it's, as you talk on a national scale, it's a two man race, right? It's the, it's the um, Suns and it's the warriors. We're only a game and a half back. And I think it would be monumentally huge is if we can somehow gain that one seed, I don't know if we can get there, but if the jazz can be the one seed and avoid playing one of Those two teams, if you only have to play one of Phoenix or Golden State, because that's going to be a bloodbath of a of a series. If you're playing one of them after they've played each other, that's a massive win. And I think that's your road. So you fight with everything you've got to to avoid playing those guys in the second round. And if you could play the Grizzlies second round or who's the five right now? The is it the Clippers? It's the five seed. 5 seed is currently Dallas. The Clippers Dallas, are out. Yeah, so I mean if if you could somehow gain that extra game and a half and you're looking at it where you're playing first round, you're playing Denver, Minnesota or San Antonio and then second round you're playing Memphis or Dallas and you're avoiding the Lakers, the Clippers, the Warriors and the Sons like that is huge. All you have to do is make up a game and a half, and that's where you are. And that's that's your path. That's your path to the Western Conference finals is you have Mm -hmm. to get that one seed.
1: Yeah, I agree. That being said, I do not think that we should sacrifice health for the first seed. Um, come the end of the season or the last you know quarter of the season, if we're right there neck and neck, I would rather still continue to rest Conley and whoever else angles if possible on these back-to-backs and have them play less minutes that we go into the, the postseason with health. Cause I mean, can you remember a year where we had good health in the playoffs in the last five years?
0: Um, one thing that I read is the jazz have not had. So Mike Conley played in game six, but Mike Conley was nowhere near ready to come back, but he came back because of desperation and he was horrible in game six. Let's, Let's not sugarcoat anything, but that was, you know, before that game, there was a stat that we haven't had our starting point guard play in a round two game since, like finish, finish the entire game since Darren Williams, two
1: thousand nine or whatever it was that, we, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's what I think we should prioritize. I mean, Donovan Mitchell gets hurt. Conley gets hurt. Ingles always kind of hobbles to the finish line. He's always tired. Like, I would rather preserve their health than fight for first place. Unless we have some, you know, super easy schedule and we, we have a, a decent enough lead, like, or something. But I, I think health over over the first seed for sure. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, let's face it. Like we have an unreal offense and our defense is stellar as well. A little weaker as right now than it's been, but the jazz are good enough to go out and compete with the one and two seed, whoever it is. is. I'm um, that's me assuming that we'll be the third, but I mean, whoever's ahead of us or behind us, I think the jazz are good enough to compete with, uh, we lack experience and that will always be our Achilles heel. Um, until we get to the Western conference or NBA finals. Um, but I, I believe in the jazz team and I, I believe in our front office and I hate to think about it, but I think we're going to make some moves that are going to set us up for a long run in this post post this year.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. So let's kind of dive into that, Max. So this week we've had a little bit of uh, of movement here uh, in the organization. So the first one we traded me Aoni. Um, to the Thunder, uh, attached with a second-round pick. And, you know, there's not much about that. Mie wasn't getting time. He was going to get released anyway. So trade him so that you don't have to pay the tax on him. Um, no problems with that move. But the one that intrigues me is Daniel House to a 10-day contract. And what do you think about that?
1: No, I, I don't like the guy. Um, you know, yeah, obviously, definitely. for his history with the Rockets, I, I struggled to like him. Um, and then his little scandal – in the bubble kind of lost a lot of respect for the guy. Um, at the same time, I try not to judge people based off their past. And I think that it's important that we give people a chance to change and, you know, keep moving forward. Um, and Hey, like our front office believes in him and we've seen what he's capable of doing. He's a, he's a very competent shooter. Uh, he's quarter three. He would light us up from the corners. Um, he's a big body that can play some physical defense. He gave us a hard time and I'm looking forward to see if we can, extend him to another 10 day or hopefully sign progress for the rest of the season because I mean let's face it, it no matter how many bad uh feelings we have for the guy from the past like he's a he's a solid player and his stats are a little bit down compared to what they were when Harden was in town but I mean that makes sense you know the, the Rockets are kind of a circus right now they're little they're all over the place and um yeah, I think that him getting onto a solid team with a solid culture would really help him, and I think that he's going to perform great for us. I think that he's going to be playing um, for the Rocket or against the Raptors tomorrow, so I'm excited to see how he performs.
0: Yeah, I mean, Daniel House is a career 36% shooter from three, like that's that's good enough. He's 6'7", 220. That gives us a big body, and and I'm excited for tomorrow. Um, you know when we play uh the the Raptors there's going to be a lot out there that um doesn't necessarily go our way as jazz fans no Rudy no Mike no Don no bogey no Joe yeah it's it's a brutal
1: brutal but it makes sense
0: yeah I mean we're on a back-to-back we play the Pacers Saturday so so it makes sense but I'm really excited to see these young guys, you know, this is one of those games that's really going to intrigue me because I am so high on Jared Butler. I have been the, the day that Jared Butler was drafted, I was at a Thai restaurant and we were waiting to get sat and we drafted him and I had to run outside and scream because I was so like, I love Jared Butler. And so we're finally going to see like some serious minutes from him. Um, You know, Daniel house, I think could, could make an impact on this team. We're going to see some, some, Decent minutes from him, uh, EP is going to get some good time. Those are the three guys that I'm looking forward to the most. Um, the players I'm looking forward to the least is Trent Forrest. Okay, <laughs> I am a huge get Trent Forrest off my team. I love Trent Forrest. Like for me, Trent Forrest doesn't do anything. Like Trent Forrest is a body, and and yeah. that's to be it can be taken in different ways because Trent Forrest doesn't make mistakes. And that is the good thing about him. But on the other side, Trent Forrest also doesn't make plays. Like Trent Forrest is just there. He's just on the court. He doesn't do anything good, but he also and he doesn't do anything bad. And so he's just there. And so I hate Trent Forrest because I want somebody that's in the game that's making an impact, not just being there.
1: I I feel that, but I have I have been not high on Trent Forrest, but. He's kind of grown on me. I get what, he's, what you're saying. He doesn't really do much, um, but I do appreciate how uh, he's he's safe. And I'd rather have a safe player than someone out there turning the ball over a ton. You know, he controls the ball well and he plays feisty, pesky defense. Like he may not do much on offense, but he's a reliable defensive player. He's, he's long, he's quick. Um, you know, he's not going to lock down whoever he's guarding, but he plays competent, solid defense. And I'm always really uh, satisfied with his effort on the end of the court. His shooting obviously needs tons of work. He, he seems to not really trust himself. He needs to go to the hole and finish a lot more, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, I I wouldn't say I hate Trent Forrest, but, uh, he's not the, I, what I wonder is why we play him so much more than Jared Butler. I would like to see Jared Butler get. Yes. It's like a third or a half of Trent Forrest minutes. Yes. I would like to
0: see either Jared Butler or EP get the, uh, Get the minutes from from Trent Forrest because I just don't I don't I, I'm not I'm not there I'm not there yeah. I don't they won't know if I will be, um, but yeah let's go to let's go to player spotlight, um and the the player we want to spotlight is you know is Doak. You know Doak had his first legit NBA minutes and and it was pretty impressive honestly like doke doke's stats weren't anything good he had 5 points 1 rebound and i was joking last night he played 16 minutes and i was joking with max i said hey i could play 16 minutes and i'm getting at least one rebound like I so. like if a ball's just going to fall into my lap so but doke Doke was asked, he just came back from like a three month injury. So he hasn't played in forever. They're saying, okay, you're going to start. It's your first career minutes. Really? You Doke's never played a meaningful second for the jazz. So you're going to start, you're playing in Denver at altitude at 5,200 feet. You haven't played in months. And also, Oh, by the way, the guy you're guarding is the MVP, Nikola Jokic. And somebody said this, they said, it was between the Jazz reporters, they said, we made a bet to see when Doke was going to pick up his second foul before the game ever started. And I think Tony Jones said 10 possessions. They said in 10 possessions, Doke was going to pick up two fouls because that's how good Jokic is, and then Quinn's going to have to adjust. And Doke didn't pick up his first foul until the second quarter. And that was so big for us because Quinn – the entire game didn't have to worry about, okay, because we only had one center on the roster. And he didn't have to say, okay, now I have to adjust because Doak played exactly how he should have, guarded Jokic pretty well. He blocked him once and, you know, came out and said, okay, these minutes that we normally have Whiteside side or Rudy, we have to give to a guy that's never played a meaningful minute. And we went out and we beat the MVP. So I'm really excited about those Doak minutes.
1: Yeah, and I also want to point out his injury that he just came back from was pretty gnarly. Like, it was a very gruesome leg injury. But before that, he was out for, like, basically the whole year. Like, last season, like, he had such a bad ankle injury, like, he hardly ever played, right? So not only did he come back from a recent injury, but he's been out kind of – he's had a rough past year and a half or so. And hasn't really been able to find a rhythm. He's a big body. You know, I wouldn't say he's hes a little overweight. He's out of shape. You know, he's not super fit. And for him to go out there, play his first meaningful minutes in the mile high city of Denver, where the elevation can really affect you. Yeah, I was really impressed. I think that he put forth a good effort. Um, you could tell that he lacked um, he lacked flow, but that was because he doesn't practice with the starters. He doesn't practice with these guys. And so, you know, he, sometimes you get lost in the pick and roll and whatnot, but I was really pleased overall. He was a big body. And like you said, he didn't commit a bunch of fouls. And, um, so yeah, dope, you know, he, he shut out in his first, um, starting minutes, like meaningful minutes of his career. And, um, it wasn't anything spectacular, but it wasn't a letdown either. It was, um, I think it was very well played, especially for where he's coming from. So shout out dope. We, we appreciate you. That was, that was awesome. Uh, we're, we're happy to be able to greet you on at your your first career start for the Utah jazz
0: Yeah doke doke's our guy okay I remember That's I was at, I was at Bonanza when our sponsor by the way shout out Bonanza um, I was at Bonanza as we drafted doke and like we were I hadn't even heard of the guy and I told this to Max yesterday like me and Max are the type of fans that you could put a six-year-old girl in a jazz jersey and we would find a way to be pumped about it oh yeah like we would we would find a way to be like this is a missing piece like this little six-year-old girl with one arm like she's she's what we need um but you know to see dope finally get some nba minutes is is big but max let's talk about kind of the the thing that's been going on in, in jazz on jazz social media for for a couple of weeks now. It's the trade deadline coming up. And I think that we understand the jazz are gonna make a move. Oh yeah. What what's that gonna be? What do you what do you speculate?
1: I want to start off by saying this. We do not need. Well I want to start off by saying this actually. When we played the Denver Nuggets without an elite rim protector in Rudy Gobert and Hassan Whiteside, don't get me wrong, Azubuki's probably a pretty good rim protector at a certain level, but in the NBA, especially against Jokic and the Denver Nuggets, he's not an elite rim protector. And I think that we played pretty solid defense. Our team defense was the best it's been all year, and that was without our best defender. And I think it's because we had to play with our – our best defender and without our backup who's also a very good rim protector that we had to step up our game we didn't have we didn't think oh we're going to funnel all our guys straight to rudy or you know hassan we're going to stay in front of them and play some solid defense and i was really impressed that being said i do not think that we i think that we still need to make defensive improvements i think that we need a big wing defender I've been hearing a lot of people that want a smaller guard defender um we have a friend who loves Lou Dort I love Lou Dort as well I do not think he's a solution to our problem I think we need to get bigger we lack size and if we want to put ourselves in the the title conversation as contenders we need to get bigger and we need to get someone that can play competent defense um it's hard. I don't think we should trade Bogey. I love Bogey. He's probably worth the most, but I think that we like, he's hard to, if you replace him, you're still going to have the same problem. I think. Like, he, he fills his role perfectly. I love Joe Ingalls. He's our glue guy. He's the locker room. He's the guy that you kind of hope to become. Um, dang it. I'm blanking on the guy's name. Who's the guy on the, the Miami Heat that's too old to. Haslam. Yeah, Yadonis Haslam. He's, he's like, that's why I imagine Joe Ingalls becoming for Utah jazz. But if anyone is to be traded, I think it's him because he has struggled the most this season. He's getting old and slow and he has a, you know, he, he has proven that he's a solid shooter. He was a runner up six minute of the year last year and he has an expiring contract. Um, I hate to say it, but if anyone does get moved, it's going to have to be him. In my opinion, that's the only person I'd want to move. And maybe piece him up with you know someone else, you know, a deep bench role player. Um, I don't want to trade Clarkson. Like Royce fills his role perfectly. I didn't you cannot get someone who plays Royce's role. But if, if you need
0: to, you trade Royce. What'd you, you say? If you need to, you combine Joe and Royce and, and you you make
1: that trade. If by I say no, if we were able to get something so significant that like you couldn't trade down, yeah, why not? But I mean, like, for the, what we pay Royce, he, he does his job perfectly. Oh, yeah, I agree. Um, so, I mean, that's what I would say is it's, it's a hard – because our team is just so well-meshed and making a midseason. The problem is if we do make a move, it's, this is it. We have no more flexibility after this move. If we make a big move in the market, what are we going to do? We're going to have to blow up the team and start all over. We, we, we have – whatever we do, it has to be perfect. And that's my biggest concern is can we make can we take that risk?
0: Okay, but here's here's the thing that we have to understand. And since Ryan Smith has become the owner of the jazz, Ryan Smith has not made a move that isn't great. That's true. Like Ryan, Ryan Smith has done as much as you could ask. So, so Ryan Smith and the organization they're they're locked in so whatever move they make it's gonna be because they know that we we are a better team because of it um, and and so I you know I think a, a move is coming but what it is 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 to be determined
1: yeah it will be interesting I think that there are a lot of options I will say the person that I'm if I were to make a move the most Person, I'm most intrigued by is Jeremy Grant because we know what he's capable of. Um, we've faced him in the past. He plays some, he's a great toy player, can play awesome defense, and he's proven that he's a, a great go to offensive threat. I think that if we were somehow able to get him to fill Joe's minutes, that would make all the difference. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll he, would,
0: he would take, if we if we traded for Jeremy Grant. Like, he's taking Royce's minutes.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, so Bogey would have to move to the, the three if we were able to keep – Which that
0: if, – if you could do that, that's a deadly closing lineup. That's a de- – like, oh, yeah. that's as good of a starting lineup as, as you can get. That's five guys that are, you know, going to give you 20 a night.
1: Um, My one concern, though, is we still only have two defensive threats. Jeremy Grant would be a great defender. Rudy Gobert would be a great defender, but we still have three guys who, obviously, Bogey has played better defense in the playoffs before. But... I mean,
0: Mike Mike is still a valuable defender. Like that's yes. that's what you have to realize is Mike and Don are both good defenders, but with Don, it's when Don wants to be, and I think that's the biggest concern. Is you have to make Don. If Don wants to take the next level, it's not offensively because Don offensively is one of the best in the league. But if Don can step up his level defensively, that could take
1: our team to the next level. Well, the difference maker is Jeremy Grant because he can, and Bogey, because those two guys take, they draw attention and they're able to carry a heavier offensive load. Royce can't really carry much. Royce plays his job perfectly. What I like about Royce is he doesn't need the ball in his hands, he's going to sit in the corner or, you know, somewhere around the three-point line, and he's going to hit those threes. He shoots three-point And Aaron Grant will command the ball more often.
0: Yeah, bogey's that same way where he doesn't need the ball,
1: and I really like that. And I think you can't trade bogey because of that. Exactly. So that's what I have to say about the draft. It always pains me. Like you said, you know, we get excited about every jazz player that comes through, whether it's a six-year-old girl or whether it's, you know, whoever it is. Thankfully, it's not a six-year-old girl because that would be terrible, actually. But uh, we're always hyped on whatever's oh. <laughs> And I get sad to imagine jazz players leaving, especially Joe Ingles and guys who have been with the team. Of You know, I think Ingalls and Clarkson are like are the best two personalities on the team. And so imagining them leaving is sad to me. Yeah, I agree. I mean, hey, I mean, if we won a championship, I guess we'd still give them a ring, anyways, and we wouldn't miss them too bad. So yeah, we'd be and still it, winning. It's, it's worth
0: it. All right, Max, let's, uh, let's end. End things up, kind of wrap up here with some uh, with some buzzer beaten hot takes.
1: Wait, real quick, let's—we forgot to mention that Donovan Mitchell was actually uh, player of the player month. Of the month. Um, I forget what the stat line was. It was like thirty points on fifty percent shooting, and it was awesome. Like he—he he played so good in December. Um, a lot of people thought that um, someone else got cheated out. Oh, um, you're wrong. Lincoln.
0: Oh, it was, it was, yeah, everyone, they were talking about that. They're like, oh, LeBron had better, better stats, yada, yada, yada. Well, the Jazz were 14 and two in the month of December. Ja,
1: I think people like jaw.
0: Yeah, like the Jazz were 14 and two in December. The Lakers were six and eight with LeBron playing. Like, win games, LeBron.
1: But yeah, shout out Don, shout out Spida, uh, Western Conference Player of the Month. That's the first time, I believe, in a long time that we've had a player be named. He will. Yes, yeah, will um which is really impressive Donovan has really upped his game this year and it's exactly what we need to make that deep playoff run um but yeah so now for some buzzer beating hot takes Zurn let's pass it on to you first what you got for us
0: um okay I'm going to tomorrow's game against the Raptors and I think one of these these deep bench guys they're gonna show what they're worth they're gonna go in there and they're gonna have a, a great showing um and and my guy is is EP and I'm gonna go with that EP is gonna come out and he's gonna show that he deserves to be in this rotation. Um, you know, EP hasn't shown me anything all year that says that he he shouldn't be, and I think tomorrow against
1: the Raptors
0: is is gonna be that same thing.
1: Yeah, that I mean that would be awesome. I wouldn't mind that. Um, for me, my buzz would be a hot take. Okay, so we have eight games coming up, including the Raptors. And then following those eight games, we play the Warriors and then the Suns twice in a row. I think that we're going to – we were playing some pretty sad teams leading up to that, those three games. And I think that we're going to really find some good momentum here. Probably not going to start with Toronto because a lot of the guys aren't going to be traveling with the team and are out due to safety. Health and safety protocols, but I think that we're really going to see the Jazz uh, catch on fire. I think that we're gonna look, we're playing the the Raptors, Pacers, Pistons, Cavaliers, Nuggets, Lakers, Rockets, and then Pistons again. And I, I'm predicting that the Jazz are going to be averaging 16 threes a game on. 37 percent and i'll follow up with us or with the the podcast following those eight games I'll, I'll make sure to double check and come back and verify that but i think that the jazz are going to start catching fire from three-point land um we're going to start working you know putting these teams to the, the blender and we're going to see a really good three-point showing from these teams so
0: i hope so i you know we caught that um the pelicans game was Uh, one of those showings, I think we shot close to 50% making 19, it was like 19 of 38 or something crazy like that. Like I love when the jazz
1: play like that and just can't miss from three.
0: And when we play like that,
1: we're able to, you know, compete with the teams like the Golden State Warriors, you know? So take freaking no,
0: take no people
1: 2022 is the jazz year. This is
0: the just jazz podcast. We love the jazz, we're always here. 2022, new year new us. We're getting back to our old ways. Actually, new year, old us. And we're we're getting more consistent. Now now we've kind of settled in and and we don't have as much going on with the holidays. So we're back, baby. Take freaking note.